So Crisp, a tasty bite-sized podcast that serves business, bravery, branding, beauty, sex, love, motherhood, womanhood, feminism, labels, psychology, marketing, messaging, mavenry, musicals, and the mess we call life. All deliciously dished up and ready to consume. In fact, is there anything we don't discuss? Not with Jay Crisp Crow, copywriting queen from Crisp Copy in the kitchen. I hope you're hungry. I am about to paint some broad brushstrokes of generalisation about all women here, and I apologise in advance, but sometimes we are not very good at this. Does any of this sound familiar to you? I might want to write my website copy in third person so it sounds more professional. I don't want to include any hint of me having a family or a home life or hobbies because I don't want to sound unprofessional. I'm going to lead my sales pitch with all the letters after my name and a photo of myself in a hot pink blazer so people think I'm professional. I've decided to pretend my company is bigger than it is and use we all over my website so it seems like I'm more professional. I think you get the running theme here. I don't think men do this. I mean, I think. I'm not one, so I'm not sure, but I can't imagine a dude worrying about his website copy not sounding professional enough or his blazer not being of the right cut or being concerned about mentioning he has children just in case someone doesn't take him seriously. Do you know what sounding professional does to us? It makes us small and scared and sounding like everyone else. And here is the truth. We're in business because we have a product or service that leads. We probably know more about that particular thing than 90% of the rest of our regular population and 100% of our ideal clients or customers. We are professional. So when we get too worried that our brand sounds or looks a little bit too much like a human, we backtrack and we become an echo of someone else's brand, which is not memorable, it's not exciting, and a lot of the time it doesn't convert. And this was the brilliant conversation that started when Kat Paz invited me to come on her radio show to talk about about pages. Kat is from Kalahari Business Advisors and as an accountant and literacy educator, she's probably held to one of the highest standards for this label of professional. And we talked about why it's such a toxic label for women to attach a sticky back to and lay all over the way they think and worry about their own communications. And because Kat had some things to say about the label professional, and you know me, I love a woman with things to say. Welcome, Kat. Ha <laughs> Oh, my goodness. I, I enjoyed that. Keep going. <laughs> okay. What do you feel like the label does to us as business owners? Tell us about what you think. You know, it's it really kills our creativity. It kills what's unique about us because we then don't show up as ourselves. So when you start a business, because most people start working for someone, so we're like technicians, and then we go from technicians to now being a business owner, and then we kind of go, oh, what does that do? I can't sit at this desk and just stamp pages. And that was my biggest issue when I started working for myself I would go to client houses and one client opened the door and started crying. And I was uncomfortable because I was like, you do not cry. Do not cry. I'm, I'm here to do your books. <laughs> and, you know, little did I know that that's what people do. So I'd never seen that in the office because I, I used to call it the cattle crawl because we kind of sit in these cubicles where we tuck ourselves in and not mm-hmm. look at each other. <laughs> and unless you're going to the printer and I did that a lot so I could talk to someone. Um, <laughs> you can tell I got into a lot of trouble. So she, she cried and I, I was so uncomfortable because I was just like, oh, she's killing my vibe here by crying. But that was the value facing me right there that 
this is what clients want. They want to feel comfortable enough to feel vulnerable. And when I left, I, I felt like I felt like a failure because I was like, I made a cry. <laughs> and it took me such a long time to shed that thing. And there was nothing wrong with going, oh, honey, it's okay. Look, let's go in. Let's have a glass of water. I didn't even say that. I was just like, can I come in? <laughs> <laughs> so you, you obviously, you brought a lot of that story about how you should behave. Like, where did you get that from? Where did that come from? Where, when you started out like that and you were like, oh, put your stone cold face on and let's just do the job. Where does that That's come from? That's a good from? question. I mean, when I was at uni, you know, you'd get guests coming in to talk about what they do as accountants and they, you could tell they'd get the charismatic ones because the rest <laughs> were somewhere in a cave. And, um, and then, but they all wore the dark suits, the really tailored look. And I thought, this is what I want. And then you kind of fall into endeavoring into doing that. Because when I started working, I didn't work for the big four, which is like KPMG, Price, Waterhouse, Coopers, Deloitte. Um, and those big four, they always looked smick in their like suits, tailored suits with the beautiful uh, shoulder pads, you know, making you look like, I don't know, crazy, to be honest. And then I, I thought this is what I needed to do from an outward perspective, but it didn't help when I started working. The number of times the word professional was thrown out. Yeah. You said that you, you said that you hear often hear professional, that that label being used in a really negative way. Correct. I've never heard it in an inspiring way. Often, (laughs) you know, it's like business weaponry. I've, I've called it because it gets, it's said in a way to get you to heal, to listen to authority. You know, it's like, you're the subordinate, that's not professional. So there'd be many instances where I'd hear that, where I'd say, we need to call the client. And then they would be like, no, that's not professional. So I'd be like, what's not professional about asking the client? You gave me a handwritten note. I don't know what it says. What's, what's so hard? No, that's not professional because we wanted to look like we knew what we were doing, even yeah. though we didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. And I think that it's so interesting. I was having this conversation last night with one of my business friends and we were talking about um, listening and we were talking about what, what happens when you, when you want to come across as if you know all the answers, you become not a very good listener. And it sounds very similar to the story you just told. If you're not empathetic <laughs> to people when they open their door and cry at you, then you can't do your job as well as if you had a few barriers down and were willing to just kind of go with the flow a little bit and have real conversations with people. Because come from somebody who used to be very allergic to numbers, turning up, rocking up in front of a numbers person is one of the most highly stressed situations that I find myself in. I find it stressful still to send my accountant an email um, because I always think I'm going to ask a really stupid question um, and she's just going to roll her eyes at the other end. But if, if, you, if you're not delivering <laughs> your service with some kind of empathy, then you're taking something away from yourself and your brand. Absolutely. You start to fall into someone else's brand. Mm. And they don't have plans for you. They've got their own plans. Yeah, good point. So you're kind of walking in this road where you don't believe in what they're doing. You don't believe in what they're saying. You know, it's a different set of values as well. And it's like, but then how do you, how do you survive that if you don't honor yourself? And that's what I was finding. I was attracting clients 
that were not people I liked particularly. Yeah, right. Yeah. Because I had put that persona on. Yeah. Yeah. You, um, to, to, <laughs> I love in your notes, you talk about um, private school jackets and, <laughs> and, um, and ripping things to, ripping things to shred and private school jackets and the, and the dun, the dull colored skirts that you felt like you had to wear in order to be, um, taken seriously so what happened in your business when you started to get rid of some of that belief system about how you spoke to people um whether you could were allowed to call them or not and what you should wear because i've met you like you are vibrant and interesting and <laughs> glorious every single time i've seen you you've just looked you're so incredibly memorable thank you <laughs> well i think it, it was one day where I, it was hot, a 40 degree day. And I was like, I'm not wearing that, that jacket. I can't wear that jacket. I looked at it and I thought, and this was before I started my business. So I started to kind of stop, but I kept the skirts because they kept me professional um, with a bit of fishtail in the back. That was the only party I could put on it. Yeah, a little bit of work. Uh, yeah, I had one with a, with a thigh slit and geez, Whoa. the HR email was amazing. You got, sorry, um, I'm sorry. You got an HR email about a slit in your skirt? Yeah, it was like in the front thigh section. Um, I've gotten, not directly, but you can tell it's passive aggressive memo yeah, sent to everybody about the you. strappy heels and stuff. And it's oh. like, oh, is, that, is that for me? Well, screw you. I'm wearing them tomorrow. No. So. <laughs> you definitely needed to start your own business. <laughs> I did. I was such a rebel. I mean, I was like, <laughs> just crazy. That's a whole other story. Um, but yeah, the, what was the question? <laughs> how did, when you started getting rid of all of that stuff, like what, how did that feel? What, what did that do for you? And then what did that do for your business? Ah, uh, yes. There's a great story there. It was really great because I went to a networking event and I'd say, hi, I'm Kat. I'm an accountant. And they look me up and down, you know, like they were like, cannot compute. <laughs> and they're like, and I'd be like, hi, I'm an accountant. And it just kept happening that day. And I was like, are these people dressing me down? Like, because you don't have your, your jacket on. My jacket on. I didn't look boring. And someone straight up said, but accountants are boring. <laughs> and I was like, uh, but not in this square. <laughs> it's, it's okay. Yeah. You, you can fit into whatever. So I loved that. And then I realized that's how you make an impression. An impression is not always the way you envision it. So yeah. I would, and then I, I loved the idea of kind of just getting dressed up and I used to be in a networking group called BNI yeah and I would consider that my day to slay and <laughs> even though it was like 7 30 in the morning with cold eggs but I knew I looked fit so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyone and who can get excited about a BNI meeting I've got to say is seven o'clock meetings a.m is not for me <laughs> not for me if BNI ran at like I don't know, 9 p.m. at a wine bar. I might be in. <laughs> Seven o'clock meetings were never, ever going to suit me. It was super early, yeah. sometimes dark, you know. So, you know, I, I also realized when I looked good, I felt good and mm. I, I did good. Yeah. Because I realized, no, this is all in line. It's aligned. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's like kind of owning it without yeah. kind of feeling like, oh, wait, hang on. Does the person wear, who wears a suit do this or... <laughs> Do they do that? And just to go back when I actually dumped the jacket, I was getting on a cat bus and I'm like 5'1". So not very tall. 
And then I'm getting on the blue cat bus. If anyone's been there, it's like sardine fest. Mm -hmm. And I squeeze in and I just get in, the door closes, and then the bus driver drives. And I'm trying to reach for the handle, the above head handle, Mm -hmm. but I couldn't because of this jacket. And then he like braked so hard. I was thrown like a bowling ball through the (laughs) into someone's armpit. I was like, oh my God, this is so mortifying. And that was the last time I wore that jacket. It was from a very good brand, actually. (laughs) So how did you go about like, okay, so that's a little catalyst story. Like how long did it take you to kind of stop, stop doing those kinds of things or catch yourself in the morning where you think, no, I'm not going to do that. Because you say, like you say in your notes too, some people called you unprofessional just for asking for payment when it was overdue. So it's, it's not just about ditching your brand name blazer. It's actually, it's, it's, it's embracing all of the other parts where people would kind of have a pot shot at you because you were doing something that they didn't expect. (laughs) like asked to get paid (laughs) to get paid you know look it it still happens a lot I do I do get that those kind of comments within my business but I always respond in myself so Mm -hmm. I've learned to kind of shut the the word vomit physical word vomit Mm -hmm. and kind of go inward and not absorb what they're saying but kind of go what if I was a man Mm -hmm. And that helps me to move forward or even address the situation or stand firm. You know, sometimes you don't have to say anything. Yeah. You just kind of, by not saying anything, you're actually reinforcing that I mean what I said. Yeah. Three seconds ago. As per my last comment. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want copywriting glory and an itty bitty price tag? The Crisp Copy Class Self-Guided Course Option is a comprehensive copywriting course for women ready to write bank-making copy on a bootstrapping friendly budget. Over 30 hours of recordings, oodles of downloadable worksheets, tutorials and structural guides, everything from about pages to sales pages and all the copy in between, all with lifetime access. Wet your whistle at crispcopy.com.au and click the Courses tab or check it out in the show notes. So I've been called unprofessional once in my business adventure. Uh, I had chatted with a potential client. I sent her to the spot on my website, which outlines very clearly the process of working with me, including the fact that I charge up front. She was all in. We picked a date and a topic and I sent her through the agreement and invoice. And then she just kind of exploded um, because and fair enough, people are all busy, but, and a lot of people don't read the actual process. They're like, well, she's got a process page on a website. I trust that there is one, I guess. Um, and she'd said, she, so she messaged me and said, this is unprofessional. You are not professional. So she questioned my upfront payment policy, hmm. um, which I had learned from trial by fire for those first couple of years that I definitely needed one because I'm not a debt collector. I, it, I hated that part of my business and I was going to have to keep doing it. I just wouldn't business anymore. So I stood really firm and I justified it. Um, but I also gave her some recommendations for other people who did a similar thing to me. But I, you know, I didn't promise that they didn't charge up front for an event because if they didn't, in my eyes, that's just silly business practice. Um, she said I was inflexible. And then she gave me some pieces of her mind about running a business for 14 years where she didn't expect clients to pay up front, which was great. But as I said, I never signed up to be a debt collector. That's how I run my very professional, massively successful, get clients a huge return on investment business. And I, I don't know, I guess I'm telling that story because it was like one potential client out of thousands of women that I've worked with for the past seven years or so, just, just one. It sounds like you've had more than one. 
Um, and although it's, it's an entirely different subject, doing things like making your own business practices, like charging up front for a service you are going to deliver, still with an agreement in line with consumer law if you can't, it, like in my eyes, it's not only professional, it's 100% the best way to run your business as a service provider. Um, because, well, what do you, as you're a service provider, what do you think about ditching the need to be someone else's version of professional? What do you see that that does for business owners and brands? It, it honestly, it literally writes your death note. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> because I've, I've been through it with my business and uh, it literally almost failed in its first two years. Yeah. And those stats are so real that, you know, they say something along the lines of 80% of businesses will fail within five years. And that yeah. leaves 20% of those 20%, 80% of them won't make it to 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. And it has a lot to do with trying to fit into someone else's perception and idea of how you should run your business. Absolutely. And there's squillions of people in this world and we're both in Perth and that's still a lot of people, probably not as many as compared to other places, mm-hmm. but with the internet and stuff, we've got access to people who are looking for people like us. And if you remember that and stick to your guns, you'll start to attract people and referral business is amazing because when you meet someone they're so grateful that they've met you it's so easy for them to talk about you Mm. and then to refer your business and that's how my business grew because I started to attract people like me who were they don't take themselves too seriously but they do still and they're open to communication so I don't like to leave things on the table if I think something needs to be said it needs to be said without being mean I always do it with respect Mm -hmm. and those are the people I look for before I used to be like I like strong people strong women but some of them were dropping it like it's hot unnecessarily (laughs) and twice (laughs) on Sundays (laughs) (laughs) necessarily dropping it like it's hot okay (sighs) and it's like they thought their idea of being strong was to literally pound you to the pavement yeah yeah um and that i i was like no that's not me i will let you know but i'll do it with respect and yeah. understand so when you know how you are as a person and and the best way to go is to look at your inner child how mm-hmm. you grew up because we're all very different to our siblings my siblings know that they call me the drop it like it's hot sister because i'm like because <laughs> i'm like um okay you know what I'm just going to tell you like it is but they I do it with respect and I learned that's always been me in many situations and I'm African and in Africa there's a hierarchy there's women and there's a hierarchy within that and you know there's men at the top within their own hierarchy and at times those traditional norms I would be fighting against Mm. all the time and my aunts would be so exasperated with me because I always had comebacks um and they'll be like, blah, blah, blah. so being true to yourself is so important because if you start to follow, you can follow someone else, but then make sure that it still has your stamp on it. It still says cat on it. Yeah. Because when people meet you, there has to be that connection. And I realized there's always other things you can do, but don't try and become like someone else just because they're successful because you're going to attract their beasts and the other things that you don't want in the long run. Absolutely. So they probably are good at it because there's something about them. They've probably got the gift of the gab or, or they actually believe in that kind of way of doing business. You know, mm. the doggy dog world. That's a lot of people think running your own business, you've got to be a bastard. Mm. And that's not true. 
So if you, if you think like that, you're going to attract bastards. (laughs) That's not fun. Yeah, no, no one wants a bastard. (laughs) No, we can skip those clients. Yeah. Well, that's glorious. So, well, Kat, I'm a copywriter, obviously, we've met. And as such, we are, copywriters are obsessed with calls to action um, because it's lovely to talk about some things, but I always want listeners to go away and think, what can I do about it? So if women are listening to this podcast and rethinking their take on that whole label of professional, what are a couple of things that you would like them to consider in their thinking? Really consider when people say things like, that's not professional, is yeah. that inspiring? Um, and I said before, I've always used the term for women, particularly if I was a man, that really helps you to see things clearly Mm. because it is very obvious that men are treated very differently to women. Yeah. For some reason, men can go to work with a beard now, but (laughs) women have to still straighten their hair or something, you know, or or have curls. So always ask yourself that. And if you're going to run your business, have an avatar of the person you want to work with. Yeah. And the avatar has to be like, who are these people? Where do they hang out? What kind of things are they interested in? When do they want to be in touch? How often do they want to talk like for me to their accountant? Because there's some people who just want me on tap, but they, I mean, they don't call, but I'm not the ideal accountant. So, you know, those kind of things. What are the uh, demographics? Are they, do they have kids? Because that changes the way you deal with them. Do they want someone available on weekends? All those things. Yeah. Because that has to make sure that you can kind of do it. Then that yeah, way that there's it, an alignment, right? So that you're, you're, yeah. what your brand is offering is in alignment to who you actually want to work with. Yes. And eventually you don't need to check your list of avatar. The way they speak when you get, get along with someone, it's mm. so good. Um, and the third thing is be patient. <laughs> with yourself or with everyone else or with everything? <laughs> I think, yeah, with, I think with yourself, because we always, business owners are high achievers in some form or the other. Um, so they're former people, former athletes, high achievers, people who've been in the military or the army, high achievers, or people who did really well in school, high achievers, or people who just always somehow ran to the own beat of their drum Hmm. growing up. That's business owners. So we tend to always do that. And we're not happy with um, no progress. And we're like, something's wrong. Got to change that. Got to try. Got to do that. So just, you know, come within and listen to that, that kind of thing that you just need to know that, okay, I'm going to wait and see it out. Yes, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and not getting a result. But sometimes you have to ask yourself, have I given it enough time? Hmm. And have I given it my all? Have I done everything I wanted to do before I change it? Yeah, I like that because you said about before about professional, sometimes when you hear it, you, you, you sometimes um, hear perfection, like that we expect everything to be perfect. And you're right. Entrepreneurs are very much like that. We're like, we see a gap right now. The gap is us. Mm. <laughs> We're going to fix it immediately. Um, and that striving for perfection all the time, even when you're trying to kind of figure out who you are as a, as a professional entrepreneur, as a professional business owner, it, it isn't someone else. As you said, it's not a code. There's no formula. No, none whatsoever. I are downloadable and just make yourself fit because that it, 
you just don't deliver as good work. No, you don't because, you know, if you don't put the care and love into it the way you want to, but the way someone else expects you to, you don't own the result. Yeah. That comes out of it. Fabulous. Brilliant, Kat. I, I'm, because in your best, I have a radio show voice. Would you like to take us out with May Your Day Be So Crisp? Oh, yes. May your day be crisper than a thin crust margarita pizza. That's pretty crisp. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, I love, Kat. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, uh, Jay. This has been so crisp. My guest has been Kat Paz. Kat helps businesses facing higher taxes due to their wrong business structures to improve their financial literacy by introducing systems which focus on simplicity while maintaining integrity in the reporting of the numbers. Kat's clients have described her as the accountantese translator <laughs> with the way she manages to explain the business numbers and performance in a way that makes them understand their businesses better. You've been listening to So Crisp with copywriter, copy coach and consultant Jay Crisp Crow. If you've loved this episode, get all the juicy details and links at crispcopy.com.au forward slash podcast. Make sure you never miss a bite by subscribing to So Crisp wherever you get your podcasts. Want to help us spread the deliciousness? Rate and review this show and share with your mates. Remember, if there's a copy question you want nibbled at, email me straight away right now.